Hello, hello, and welcome to this latest episode of Frazzled, the podcast with me, your host, Kelly Swingler. Today, I want to talk about the energy and time that you might be forgetting. The energy and time that you might be forgetting. What on earth is she on about this week? I wonder how many of you put things in your diary. It's like, oh, it's like it's only an hour or somebody asks you to do something for them and you think, oh, it's like it's only 10 minutes. But actually the mental energy or the physical energy that it takes for you to do that thing for an hour or for half an hour might far exceed the time that it actually takes to do the thing. So I want to give you some examples because you're probably still like, no idea what she's talking about. A few weeks ago, I delivered a talk in London. And one of the speakers, one of the other speakers at the event had, it was her first time ever doing that kind of event, ever speaking in, in terms of that audience. And somebody had asked her at the event if she would then deliver a deliver a talk for them and she came to me to say like I don't I've no idea what I should be charging no idea what I should be charging for this talk I know you do this what should I be charging it's only good they only want an hour-long workshop and I think this trap that we fall into and I fell into exactly the same thing when I really started you know started my own business and, and started delivering talks I got very much into the mindset of, oh, like it's only an hour. Or some of the virtual talks that I've been doing since kind of 2019, 2020. It's like, well, it's only 45 minutes or it's only half an hour. It won't take that long. But actually, we need to consider everything that goes into getting on stage for an hour. Because it's not just being on stage for an hour. It's the preparation time that goes into it. It's the planning. It's the prep beforehand. What are you saying? How are you saying it? Have you got a presentation that you're including? Or are you just, like I do, kind of rocking up and and talking? It's the thoughts of what are you wearing? How are you getting there? It's the travel time. It's the to and from the venue and the event. It's then once you've delivered that talk, and as she found on the day, it's then the kind of decompression when you come off stage. You've done the talk, but that because you give so much whilst you're on stage, you're giving so much energy, you're giving so much of yourself. There is then this kind of decompression time afterwards. The, the come down, you know, you've got your adrenaline and your energy to a point where you can deliver this talk. And then there really is that come down afterwards. And if we're not taking into account any of those things, then actually we're doing ourselves a disservice. One of my coaching clients is very similar. She can do some absolutely amazing things. All of my clients do amazing things. But one of my clients in particular is extremely creative. 
And with what she's able to create for her, it's just why well, I, I, like, I really, really enjoy doing it. But she also puts a lot of that creativity into everything that she does. So again, it's like she may be delivering a talk, a workshop, a programme, um, a, a management meeting, a board paper, or whatever, but she puts additional creativity into all of that. And a lot of that creativity that, that she loves doing, she's doing that in a lot of her own time. She doesn't take into account that that additional creativity to try and get things over the line takes a little bit more time and a little bit more energy for her to implement. So she might be thinking, oh, it's only going to take me an hour to do that. But actually it does take more because the creative thinking process behind what she wants to do is also part of that of that planning. It's not just an hour to write the thing. There is the thinking time. There's the creative thinking time that goes into it beforehand. And the more people that I speak to that are getting to the point of exhaustion, physical exhaustion, mental exhaustion, emotional exhaustion, we're only looking at the time that it takes to do the thing and not everything else that surrounds it. I can remember years and years and years ago, literally years ago, I'm wondering even if I'm kind of saying this, that I'm going back kind of 10 years or so, but there was this Jamie Oliver cookbook. I don't know if any of you remember it. I can't remember if it was like meals in 15 minutes or meals in 30 minutes or something. But there was this Jamie Oliver cookbook. And at the time I was married, I was commuting to London every day. But my, well, it was even before I was commuting to London, actually, I was still working locally, but I was still doing a long hours. And, and my husband at the time was always home before me. And we had bought this cookbook and we would sit down at a weekend and decide what the meals were going to be. He was going to cook them. So we'd, I'd do all the shopping to get all of the ingredients. He would then cook the meals throughout the week. And day three of this cookbook is like, this is like ridiculous. Right, because they're not, whatever it was, 15 minute or 30, I think it was probably 30 minute meals, but it's like, they're not 30 minutes. Like the prep time alone was probably taking between half an hour and 45 minutes. Then the, and he's like, this is like, this is just not this thing. But the whole premise of this marketing behind the book was you could do everything that you needed to do in 30 minutes. Well, actually the cooking time may take that long, but the prep was taking so much longer. I have, I spent the, the end of last week in Athens. I flew out on Thursday. My plane left at quarter to four on Thursday evening, Thursday afternoon. And I arrived in Greece about 9.30. To get to the airport, so it's kind of, you know, the flight was like three hours, ten minutes, that was fine. But actually, in order to get me on that quarter to four flight on Thursday, I left my house at 20 past nine on the Thursday morning. Initially, I was going to drive to the airport, but they've almost doubled their prices. It wasn't so much, them, but it was more like, you don't, I know lots of people that have had issues at this particular airport anyway, so it's like, okay, so... We want me to now pay double for less of the service. And then it was, you know, the tra as I, more and more as I thought about it, 
getting from the car park to the airport it's like like is there an easier way to do this that's kind of what I started thinking is there an easier way to do this and there was just get the train there's a train that goes from where I live directly to the airport you arrive in departures no issues whatsoever but the train times weren't great and I could either get there kind of just on time or I could get there a couple of hours earlier I thought just get there a couple of hours earlier you know by the time I've checked I can maybe have a look around some shops which I did I treated myself to a new handbag but I was able to kind of make it a little bit more leisurely but by the time I'd gotten to the hotel kind of from the airport getting to the hotel getting sorted getting into my room all of those things I'd actually been traveling for almost 12 hours but we kind of look at it at, well, it's like it's only a three hour, 10 minute flight, so it's not going to be that much. But actually, 12 hours of traveling on Thursday for then really less. I think I was in, in Athens in total for about 34 hours. Flew home again on Saturday, 10 hours traveling home on Saturday. I wonder how many of us take those things into account as we're planning our week, planning our working week, planning our personal time, planning all of the things that we're doing within our lives. Sometimes we just think, well, it's only an hour and a half. It's only an hour. It's only 10 minutes. But actually, it takes so much more out of us than that. We forget things like the planning, the creative thinking, the travel time, the time in between, the preparation time. And then we wonder why our kind of perfectly planned weeks, all these time management techniques that we've been trying to master for weeks, it's like why, like, why is this not working? Why do I still not have enough time? Why do I still not have enough energy? Why do I not have all of these things that I kind of thought I'd mastered for myself? And a lot of the time it's because we're not taking into account the whole picture if you asked me to do a talk this morning, right, if you kind of rang and said, actually, could you, I don't know, deliver a talk in 20 minutes time? Could you just come and deliver a 45 minute talk to add to like jump on if we sent you a Zoom call? I could do that. I could do that because I've spent pretty much 10 years mastering and learning and doing all of this stuff to allow me to be able to jump on a call in 20 minutes time. But if you wanted a really in-depth presentation, if you wanted loads of data, if you wanted PowerPoints, if you wanted all of, I don't know, whatever it, it may look like. Pro Firstly, I'm probably not the right speaker for you anyway, if you want lots of data and stats and presentations. But again, it's a lot of the time we forget the prep that goes into that. If you are delivering a board paper from scratch or a presentation from scratch, it's not just a 30 minute presentation. It's all of the other prep that goes in before that. How much time do you need? Where is the thinking time to plan everything that you need to be doing? It may just be a quick meeting with a staff member. It may just be a 30 minute informal conversation with somebody. It may just be an hour-long interview. 
It may just be a lunch and learn session. But how much time and effort and prep needs to happen before you can deliver those things? If it's a recruitment process, how much preparation has gone into that one interview? How long has it taken you to go through the application or the CV of that person? How do you know that these are the right questions? How do you know whether you've got the right process, the right criteria, the right information? How do you know if you've got the answers that the person you're interviewing may be asking questions about? What does that prep look like? And we can tell those of us that just kind of jump from meeting to meeting to meeting with no prep, no thinking time or anything, because we're not able to be present. We go into those rooms scattered and exhausted and like, oh, like, I've no idea what's going on here. If we don't allow any of the time in our week for reflection and planning and thinking and creating we really do just become kind of a body in a seat. We can never truly be fully present. We run around, th- oh, like, what, what meeting am I in? Like, what are we talking about? Have I got the agenda? Have I not got the agenda? Like, what, what am I here for? And I see this happening time and time again. I see the one-to-one coaching clients that come to me that have literally just run from meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting, have then come straight into their coaching, like, ah, like before we can even start to focus on them and what they need, a chunk of that first part of that session is getting them grounded, getting them present, but a lot of what they find they need to do instantly is just get some of it out. Like, oh, like, just, like, uh, and then they're like, oh, like, I'm really sorry. Like, I've just, I've just, like, basically spewed all this stuff on you. Like, I'm, I'm really, really, but clearly they needed to get that out of their heads. They needed to say it out loud so that they could then focus on themselves for the remaining time of that session. And sometimes we need to just cut through that really, really quickly. But sometimes I recognise that people just need that offer because they've not had the opportunity to say any of that stuff out loud to anybody in the preceding hours or days or weeks. But how much of that time, like, what are you doing at the end of the day? Again, I know from my in-house careers where I would be literally in meetings from eight o'clock in the morning, sometimes right through until six o'clock. There was no time in between us. It was, you know... Meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting. If I was lucky, I'd have time to kind of pee in between or go and grab another tea or somebody else would be grabbing me lunch or I just wouldn't be eating. Be running around constantly with kind of a flask of water because that was the only kind of drink that I'd have throughout the course of the day. Kind of cross your fingers that in the next meeting room you went into, there would already be tea and coffee laid out so you could just grab something when you got in there. It wasn't healthy. It wasn't practical. It didn't allow for proper problem solving and solution finding and creativity. Add to that, I'm an introvert anyway. 
And so I need some of that time to process. And I used to find that on the train on the way home, that was where literally all of those meetings from eight until six, that's where all of them would start to process. And I'd be sending my tin. I, you know, I'd kind of, I'd, I'd apologise, but it was like, oh, this is the only time I've had. But I'd then be, okay, this may, I need to delegate this to these people. This needs to get done here. This is the solution that we need to find. This is what we need to create for this. And my train journey on the way home would be processing those thoughts and times and reflections and what I needed to delegate and all of those tasks. Because I hadn't had time to do that during the day. So even on some of my shortest days, some of my shortest days were still 11 or 12 hours because it was back to back meetings all the way through. But then I needed to process the outcomes of all of those meetings. Now, I had an incredible exec assistant that was recruited. She literally transformed my diary and the meetings that I was going to and everything. And, uh, and there was part of me that thought, like, why have I not been able to do this for myself? And a lot of it was because literally everybody else was just like, we need Kelly at this meeting and this meeting and this meeting. And I had no time to really think, like, is this, like, is, is this it? Like, is this what I've been working my entire career for, to have no thinking time? no time to myself just to be like in meeting back to back to back to back to back to back like that's not a productive director that's not a productive way to be working and I was looking around at my also also at my director colleagues and they were doing exactly the same thing we were all kind of catching our tails coming backwards running around like kind of headless chickens with no time to think about anything that needed to happen. And then most of us were spending either our evenings, early mornings, commuting time, really where we should just be switching off, or our weekends, having to do the rest of the stuff. And some of the stuff that we were being called into because it was an urgent meeting that we all need, it wasn't urgent. It wasn't that much of a priority. But one thing that my EA spoke about my exec assistant, when I first started working with her, she was like, so how much downtime do you need between meetings? Okay, well, I'll say you can only attend that meeting for, for the first 45 minutes. We'll only arrange meetings for 50 minutes or 20 minutes instead of half an hour or an hour. And some of the things that she was doing, I look at now and I think they were so simple. But they weren't things that we were really thinking about. Could you really have a 45 minute meeting with somebody? Of course you could. But our diary set up, wasn't it? It's just like, well, it's, you know, it's an hour. Let's put an hour in the meeting, hour in the diary. Sometimes we need 10 minutes. Sometimes it's a two minute conversation. Sometimes it's an email. We don't, and not everything has to be an hour long meeting. And if we put the hour in, nine times out of 10, it takes the hour to have the conversation. Sometimes we just need 10 minutes. And I noticed that again when I took my my team in my own consultancy in 2019 when we started working this four day working week we would close on Monday and work Tuesday to Friday. I recognized in that point that we had to be taking out the the non-important the non-vital tasks 
what things were we doing just because we'd got in the habit of doing things? Whereas actually, how could we add value? How could we ensure that in those four days, everything that we were doing was value added, either to our clients and customers or to ourselves? And if it wasn't value added, we stopped doing it. We needed to look at all of those things and we needed to start to look at the energy it took to do things. I know with a lot of things, I can create them, think them, plan them quicker than some other people can. I also know that some things take me double the time because they're just not how my brain works. I know the things that I need to delegate because they're not strong points. I know the things that I need to double up on because they energise me more. But I've only come to those realisations and been able to really discover and understand those things because I've allowed myself the time to really reflect, to really get clear on what I want my week to look like, what I want my days to look like. And I'm so thankful that I'm now able to help clients create this for themselves in their own organisations, either as self-employed consultants or coaches or as directors or exec directors or heads of service in their corporate organisations. I didn't have anybody when I was in corporate showing me or, or allowing me to see that there was a different way of doing things until my exec assistant came in. And that was ridiculous. Like, I was the director I'd never been told those things because we were always taught it was all about how much you could cram into the day. This competing with one another for who was the busiest, who was the most stressed, who had slept the least amount the night before. That's kind of how we were taught to gauge it. And I just, the things that I know now, the things that I have learned and discovered, the things that I train on and talk on. The fact that I'm, I love the fact that I'm able to talk more about energy management than time management. How much energy does it take for me to get on stage? Because it's not just I'm, I'm on stage for an hour. It's all of the energy that goes in and on around that. It is the travel, it's the preparation, it's the thinking, it's the getting myself, I suppose, kind of energised before I can go on stage. It's the decompression that I need afterwards. What does all of that time, space and energy look like? Ensuring that I have time to recharge my energy in between my coaching clients. Because I can't rock up to the four o'clock client of the day utterly exhausted because I've given everything I had to the 10 o'clock client of the day. My four o'clock client deserves exactly the same time, energy and attention from me as the client at 10 o'clock in the morning. I can't rock up at four and be like, oh, do you know what? I've just had this really long day. Um, you know, like, what, 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 what do you want to talk about? How are you? I need to have the right energy. I need to understand how much energy it takes for me to recharge in between sessions, to recharge in between talks, to understand what I can afford to give of my energy every week. And what I need to hold back for myself. 
And so I'm going to invite you this week, encourage you this week, ask of you this week to really look at your diary, your energy, your commitments, all of those things that you say yes to repeatedly. And how many times you just say, oh, it's only going to take 10 minutes or it's only going to take an hour. And then recognise it's taken you two hours because you needed the thinking time, the creating time, the integration time. Let's be realistic about how long things take from a time perspective and realistic about how much energy goes in and around doing the thing. For a two-hour session that I delivered in Athens on Friday, I gave a one-hour talk and delivered a one-hour workshop. I was keynoting for this event. But actually, that was three days. That was all day Thursday, all day Friday, and all day Saturday to be on stage for two hours, including the prep time, the planning time, and everything else that happened in between. So if anybody else is saying to you, oh, it's only going to take you an hour. Oh, come on, it's only going to be 10 minutes. Is it really? The thing may only take you 10 minutes. My talk on Friday may have only, I may have only been on stage for two hours. But there was three days of energy and time and present, presence around that plus all the planning and everything that had gone on beforehand. It's never just 10 minutes. It could be the distractions or the planning or how long it then takes you to get back into the thing that you were doing. Never just 10 minutes. So if you were to be more realistic about the time and energy that anything is taking you throughout your day, your week, your month, your, your year. How might you think differently about everything that's in your diary? How might you think differently about the things that you say yes to? How might you think differently about the things that you need to start saying no to? How can you take all of those things into consideration to allow you to be a lot less frazzled? And a lot more fabulous, a lot more focused, a lot more fierce. What needs to change for you this week? How much time are you spending convincing yourself that that something's only going to take you 10 minutes and two hours later wondering why you're still focused on that thing? I'm going to leave you there for today. I'm going to say thank you very much for joining me again. As always, if you have got comments or feedback, let me know. If there's anybody that you think may benefit from today's episode, pass it on to them. And if there are topics or questions or anything that you would like me to tackle for you in a later episode, do let me know. And a little shout out for Power Up. My annual empowerment event is taking place on June the 29th in Peterborough. Full day empowerment event is going to be incredible. There are just five days left to book your tickets for this year's event. So if you haven't done so already, head over to kellyswinkle.com. Take a look at the Power Up page. Ticket sales close in just five days. So if you've been thinking about it, get your place booked. But for now, I'm going to say thank you very much. Have an amazing week. Again, if you are at the point of burnout, 
head over again to kellyswingler.com. There's loads of free resources. There's going to be more coming over the next few weeks. Free resources, obviously this podcast, blogs and everything that I hope is of use to all of you. I'm going to say thank you very much for joining me again. Have an incredible week and I'll be back with you again next Tuesday. Take care for now. Bye bye.